All right, last episode of the week. It is Friday, August 20th, and today I have Jesse Krieger, CCO of PowerFan, a new NFT platform empowering content creators that want to express themselves and what they're doing and promote through NFTs. And we also explore what the future of NFTs just might hold. So if you're interested in NFTs like we all are, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to also learn more about NFTs, PowerFan, and Jesse Krieger. Enjoy. All right, we're actually live this time. Welcome, my friends of the podcast. Uh, how you doing? What's up? Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Of course. Happy to have you. Um, yeah, so where are you from? Uh, based out of Las Vegas. Fabulous Las Vegas. Hell yeah. Love Vegas? Yeah, it's a good life here. Um, sunny, warm. There's always people coming to town. Major events. Culture of continual improvement and reinvention, at least on the strip. And uh, some nice nature in the surrounding areas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually more to do outdoors than people think for a desert. Um, a lot of places you can go, a lot of outdoor activities. Um, where in Vegas do you live relatively, like near Henderson, Henderson or Summerlin? Or... No, I'm as close to the strip as you can get while still being in a, in a house. So, I'm ah, like, so you like the action? Yeah, I like to be right next to the action. So it's peaceful and quiet when I wake up, but in less than 10 minutes, I could be at the win or on the strip, uh, which works for me. Yeah, I, I like that too. I like the fast-paced lifestyle, and I like being somewhat near the Strip. So every time I come back to Vegas, um, you know that's usually the area I'm in, or I'm close to the Strip or something. I gotta like stimulate my mind. I gotta see something. I gotta do something. So you, you never get bored there. No, it's if you're bored here, it's kind of hard to do. <laughs> exactly. Um, have you always been in Vegas, or you mentioned off the podcast that you've lived in California, correct? Or where you, where did you come from? Originally from San Francisco Bay Area, um, but I've lived in Vegas about six years now. And in between then, I've lived in Europe. I've spent time in China and Asia, um, lived in Nashville for a few years. But Vegas is where I call home now for at least the last six years. And no plans to leave. It's pretty good here. Wow, all over the place, huh? What, why uh, plant roots in Vegas? What made you want to stay there versus somewhere else? I think overall, I mean, I've come to Vegas on and off at many points in my life, but then thinking about what would I actually want to live there? Um, well, every week somebody's in town. So like people I know from other parts of the world kind of circulate through Vegas, which is really fun. Cost of living is low. So I can buy and own a house that you couldn't get a closet this size in San Francisco for the same price. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no state income tax. I personally like the heat and sun. I'd rather it be sunny 320 days a year than like snow ever. Sure. So a combination of those things. Yeah, the housing market in Vegas is very interesting. It's like if you look at stuff like on the upper spectrum, it gets like really ridiculously expensive. But if you look at, um, you know, normal housing for like most of us, um, you can find some really good deals, get a, a big three, four bedroom house, get a pool um, in a good neighborhood. And it's it's not ridiculous. Yeah. For people that aren't 
up on all that like for even for two thousand dollars a month you could live in a spacious four-bedroom home with a pool a good location and just speaking from experience two thousand a month in the san francisco bay area you could like barely get a crummy one bedroom in like a bad part of town so that that difference is so apparent you know especially coming from the bay area but um it's generally still a low cost of living and low real estate value market compared to other major cities in the U.S. Yeah, I think that's another reason you see a huge migration right now from people from California into places like Las Vegas. Um, housing market has a lot to do with it. It's ridiculously expensive in, in uh, Los Angeles and San Diego and um, you know a lot of the inner cities. And it just doesn't make sense. Like You get something really small for some ridiculous price, but you go to vegas or you move over to texas you go up to like central oregon or you go out to idaho and you get something massive for like a fraction of that price and it's like a no-brainer why would you just want to stay in california and pay the taxes <laughs> that is a good question yeah it is a really good question um you know other than you know where you've lived and stuff like that tell me a little bit more about yourself and and what you've done you know before you know power fan like did you have a background in crypto before that, or where there's, was there a point in time where you liked crypto and decided to jump into it? Um, just tell me more about yourself. Sure. Um, for the last seven years, I've run a book publishing company. Um, so we've worked with entrepreneurs, health and wellness experts, uh, some people in self-help and personal development. We've published 35 to 40 books a year in those genres. And so that's <clears throat> part of my business background, you know, in this most recent decade. And with crypto in 2017, that was when I really tuned into it. There was, of course, that bull market and everything was uh, enjoying a run up then. So I was getting involved in ICOs. I was doing a few like pre-ICO placements where possible, formed a few like syndicates with friends to get in on projects, but didn't go like all the way in. I could say that like I, I got enough of a taste where I made some money and um, tuned into some projects, learned how the industry worked, then was not super involved for the year and a half or two um, leading up to like end of last year, end of 2020, um, when some of my close friends started to tune me into NFTs and what was happening in that space. And we started to get a consensus that NFTs would be one of the dominant narratives now in 2021. And um, you know, if you look at the charts, that did end up being pretty prescient from November, December, you could pick up projects like Rarible, TVK, Sandbox, um, you know, Mana, others, Engine for a fraction of what they're trading at now. And, uh, and of course, aside from just those projects that were first in the market, like now it's become so it's almost a pop culture thing to have NFTs, you know, NBA Top Shot, other big name big billing projects vegas golden knights have an nft launch so i, I see there's definitely this narrative is expanding and uh, that's exciting for me and for what we're doing at powerfan but just in general i think we're still at the very tip of the iceberg like total nft sales were around 350 million last year which was a massive increase over 2019 but that number of 2020 was eclipsed i think in the first few months of 2021 and so 350 million, sure, that's a lot of money if you just look at it in isolation, but as a percentage of the overall content industry 
um, the art industry, the video game industry, the industries that NFTs are, are disrupting and being integrated in, it's, uh, there's so much room to run. And so I think that's, you know, good news for everybody that thinks, oh, did I miss out on the NFT run? I kind of think we're still in the early innings of it. Yeah, it's NFTs are interesting. They've been around for such a long time already for a few years, um, but they really just started getting traction for whatever reason in the last year, especially this spring. And it just felt like everyone and their brother just started launching NFTs and you see all these celebrities and you see it in pop culture um, and you see it within sports and it just feels like everyone's jumped into it and you have this massive run up in the spring. Um, and I feel like it's all coming full circle again. And it's going to happen again. It's just, I don't know, it's an interesting way to, to use blockchain and, and tokens and apply it to the real world. Yeah. My, my perspective on NFTs and like the, the sort of use case that we're focused on, um, I see a lot going on with art, uh, and with video games. And there's great applications in both of those spaces. But like I mentioned, coming from a book publishing background, and uh, I was even a musician earlier in life, coming at it from the creator and the author and artistic standpoint, um, we want to be the leader in value-added NFTs. So you could get a special edition of a book that unlocks a training course, perhaps even a one-on-one -on -one call or an experience with the author or anything else that the creativity can come up with. Um, similarly for, for music and musicians, um, there's a, a bunch of great examples like a Vegas local Blau and an electronic music artist did an NFT launch for his new album and whoever won, uh, bid the most and won, got a co-production credit with him on a song. So like, just think of if you wanted to break into electronic music, here's your chance to get a co-production credit with a world famous artist. You go through that process, then you can say, hey, I just dropped a track with Blau. Do you want to collab on the next thing? So I see NFTs are becoming a, um, a springboard into the industry for people that want to get involved directly with uh, a creator of, of some kind. And it starts to disintermediate record labels, publishing companies, even like myself. I know we're kind of eating our own lunch the more we get into this space. But I also think that's the direction that we're going. So um, so I could definitely talk more about that. But that's a little taste of like where we want to play is in value-added, um, content-rich experiences that are delivered through NFTs with well-known authors, um, creators, artists, and musicians. Yeah, when you talk about content you know, experiences, content-rich experiences, what, what do you mean exactly? Or how does that play into PowerFan? Sure. So... Um, this weekend, we've got a, a big NFT launch with uh, Manny Pacquiao and his longtime friend, the painter of champions, June Aquino. And so to make this, uh, to illustrate what we're doing, it's like we're doing an auction for the original painting for the fight. So originally it was going to be Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence Jr. Long story short, he had an injury, had to back out. He's, Pacquiao's fighting somebody else now. But we're going to auction the original painting of the fight that didn't happen, signed by Manny Pacquiao, that comes with a behind-the-scenes video um, from the painter uh, showing Manny signing it and some other cool bonuses. So that's like content-rich or value-added. Mm -hmm. Instead of just buying a digital piece of art and now you own that as a digital asset, whoever wins will get a physical painting, a personalized video, and... Um, 
And that's kind of an example of how we can make it a more engaging experience for people through NFTs. Got it. Are you attaching that to an NFT and doing it that way or? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, the main auction is for uh, whoever wins the main auction gets the painting, the signed painting, everything we just described, but then there's four other NFTs that we're doing um, a limited series of 10 for uh, an individual painting of Manny Pacquiao. It comes with a signed print and then a, and then a series of 15, 20 and 25 for three other world champion boxers. So we're looking at it as a launch of like the, the portrait of champions collection. And the main prize is the, the signed painting for the fight and, and what we just mentioned, but then people can get either just a digital version or a signed print that's connected with an NFT as well. Got it. Are you guys mostly sports focused or do you, touch um other other different industries as well and try and bring them into your platform definitely across industry um you know the launches we have coming up in the next two months include new york times best-selling author um somebody who's really big in the author training space and and helps self-published authors sell books in the fiction space um possibly something with lebron james so that would be another sports one so the sports kind of like landed on our lap and we definitely are running with it because there's some great opportunities while focusing on authors and content creators, people like podcasters or uh, YouTubers that have an audience and can engage them or monetize it in different ways. That's where we like to play. And that's where I enjoy those kind of conversations with creators the most. Yeah, crypto and sports has been a really good combination as of lately. I think the number one overall draft pick for the NBA just signed a, a partnership deal to get his uh, signing bonus all in like Bitcoin or crypto or something like that. That's right. That's, I think that's we'll crazy. see more of that. I, I think it helps the industry overall. Um, and and I for sure think we'll see more NFTs, whether it's coming from the organization side like NBA or I think hopefully what we'll see are individual players, individual artists, individual creators learn just enough of the technology side to be able to capture more value directly with their work. Um, I think where we're going and where we want to help, like you may be able to see down there is creators and fans, you have the power now. Like we want to empower them as opposed to uh, sign like agency deals or record deals or publishing deals. Um, and so it's a way that you can create and sell using the PowerFan platform and capture that value instantly, um, which is pretty exciting. You know, if, if you think about even 10, 20 years ago, what it what it looked like in this space. Yeah. Like if someone wanted to use your guys' platform, what's the process to do that and set it up? Is it as easy as using something like OpenSea? Um, where you can do it all yourself or do you need to connect with someone to do it or do you have to have a certain kind of wallet or what's the hurdle to get over yeah for anyone that's familiar with the nft minting process uh, powerfan.io the platform's available it's free to use we only charge a 2.5 percent transaction fee so if you want to go in you can start minting and selling your own um, nfts you can have an account a collection um, set up royalties to flow back to yourself on subsequent sales, um, do a mint when sold. So it's actually no cost to start setting up a collection and having them available for sale. And you can incentivize affiliates. Um, so you can build into your NFT minting uh, an incentive. If somebody else drives the sale, 
that it'll automatically compensate them. So all that's available and free. Um, then what we do that's hands-on, we call the white glove service, mm -hmm. where like with this um, Manny Pacquiao and June Aquino launch, we're working with them directly and with their team to set it all up, get a dedicated page, craft the offer. And in that case, we do a 70-30 split in the creator's favor. And so people that are familiar with the content industry, 70-30 is the same as self-publishing a book, except a lot more support from us as a team. And then we, we entertain if people want like just a one-off consulting project or something uh, to integrate digital assets or, or NFTs into their business model, we can look at those one-off. But really the platform's there and we want to encourage people to use it and succeed. And then we're, we're looking at who we want to partner with and do a big launch with and, uh, and line those up so that every one to two weeks, we've got some you know, exciting um, launches coming up. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very exciting. So are these Ethereum NFTs or on a different blockchain or is there an option to use a different blockchain? Great question. Yeah, so we're PowerFan and coming soon, our PFAN token are built on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm -hmm. So the NFTs, even if they're mint when sold, when they're sold, become a Ethereum blockchain powered NFT. Um, in the not too distant future, we'll be on other platforms as well. I'm particularly excited for Cardano to get their smart contracts live and to be able to leverage them. Um, but we're open to, you know, any other blockchains um, and are, think of ourselves more as the minting engine and creator support. Um, we're not married to one particular blockchain. What makes you excited about the Cardano NFTs that are coming out or their smart contracts? I love what Cardano's done with their community. Um, even for, if you think like the ADA token doesn't have a massive amount of utility other mm -hmm. than store of value and a way to vote. Uh, but I love what they've done with like, uh, what do they call it? They have a fund. They're on like fund six now where mm -hmm. people can submit applications for dApps, for technical upgrades, for other projects. And the community, uh, I think they do really well, comes together, votes and supports projects. So they've got a great like self-nurturing ecosystem and now are fully decentralized. Um, so I think those are two advantages, plus their transaction time is um, you know, far, far superior than Ethereum in terms of gas fees and times. Um, so I think that'll be exciting to see that go live and uh, also closely following Polkadot and what they're doing with great interest too. Yeah, Polkadot's another great project. Um, yeah, mentioning gas fees, do you guys experience any issues with minting NFTs with gas fees? Because I know uh, traditionally when I do it like on OpenSea or something like that, and I've done hundreds, it sucks when there's like a $100 gas fee and you're selling something for $100 <laughs> and you have to pay the gas fee just to make $100 and you practically make zero. It's, it's such a headache to deal with and really kind of stifles creativity. That actually tunes us into like where I see exactly as we are in the development of this space. NFTs, when you mint them, it, it only really makes sense at a few hundred dollars into the thousands of dollars or more as the asset price for what's being offered or for whatever that actual offer is. Otherwise, you can eat up most or all of your sale price and gas fees. Of course, that's not good for anybody. So like you know, for us on this uh, Manny Pacquiao launch, our entry level NFT is $250, goes up to $2,500 for fixed price, and then bidding can go to any number. 
But to your point, you know, if it was under $250, then arguably you eat up most of the, uh, the, the sale price in a gas fee. Now that I think fortunately is going to change to all of our benefit as more blockchains um, come online, as there's cross-chain compatibility, gas fees will go down, but that's kind of where we're at. So it doesn't make sense to sell a book like a $20 book as an mm -hmm. NFT for $20 equivalent wouldn't make sense for this same reason, but I think we'll get there. Um, yeah, I, I sure hope so. I mean, it'd be great to be able to sell a book as an NFT. Um, that opens up so many different ideas and market avenues. Um, but well, can, yeah, I the gas fees going, uh, can I tell you where we're going with this in a, yeah, the coming months? Something we're really excited about is what we call the power player, um, which will be the equivalent of like Kindle Unlimited meets Spotify. So you can uh, read any number of books, put them onto your bookshelf, um, all for free or for just holding a certain amount of PFAN or staking. So if people stake their crypto, they can earn while they learn, access the whole library of content. And we'll be tracking consumption and compensating creators uh, accordingly. So if a thousand people are reading somebody's book, we're, we're tracking all that. And even though it's not an NFT sale, we'll take part of the, the transaction fee pool and the staking proceeds pool and attribute that pro rata to creators. So we, over time in the coming months, um, we want to create a new experience that incentivizes people to learn and, uh, and consume and share more content um, as opposed to paying for it and then paying even more to access exclusive content. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. You create like a, a virtual NFT bookshelf, I guess you could put it that way. Um, give you access when you buy an NFT to all, all kinds of content and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. I didn't think of that. That's uh, coming soon. Uh, yeah, well, can if we you're expect that like, maybe this year or next year? We're hoping for Q4, uh, so by the end of this year, to have the, the first version of Power Player Live. Um, and through my book publishing connections and business, we'll have at least thousands of books available um, on launch, possibly into the tens of thousands. So, um, so it will be a, a pretty valuable like library and reading and content experience out of the gate when we go live. Got it. That, that sounds, that sounds really cool. Um, what, what do you think separates you guys primarily from some of the bigger NFT marketplaces like OpenSea or Rarible or something like that, or what makes you guys stand out? Sure. So like Rarible, I, I love what they're doing and, uh, and I like how they incentivize people with their Rari token for creating and consuming on the platform. That's something that we'll model in our own way. Um, I think they're mostly focused on art and on digital art applications. So um, while we will do some art and, and we are more focusing on like authors, content creators, speakers, people that have an audience and, and deliver content to that audience. Um, so that's one differentiator plus the power player that we're building out. Um, we hope that that becomes like a new kind of standard for a content consumption experience that people can earn and has incentives to share and consume, um, relative to OpenSea. I mean, they're like the big marketplace, um, at the, at the moment. And that's great. Like they're, I just read that. OpenSea transaction volume like 10x over the last mm -hmm. few months. So that's just nuts, right? They did um, an insane amount of revenue in Q2. It's crazy. 
and and more i think the most important of those stats is like there's more volume there's more overall people buying and selling and active in this space which is great um so if somebody mints an nft on powerfan you can sell it on OpenSea, no problem you can take that anywhere um, but if you do mint when sold then it just exists on the powerfan platform until it's um, actually minted during a transaction so I would say relative to OpenSea, we're more of like a hands-on um, launch support team for, for doing launches while still providing the marketplace and like ease of use application. Got it. So if someone has like a bunch of NFTs in their Ethereum wallet, like I have MetaMask, for example, um, and I definitely use OpenSea for a lot of stuff and I have a bunch of NFTs there. Could I move those to PowerFan if I wanted to, to sell them there? Like, is there that compatibility? You could, you certainly could, and we could help with that if you want. Um, candidly, our, our marketplace is not as robust as like OpenSea because mm -hmm. um, we're still like going live um, sure. presently. But yeah, something like that would absolutely work. You could include your current NFTs into a PowerFame profile or collection. Um, and then we're going to make available things like featured spots on the homepage or featured places within the, um, the marketplace and creator view. So that'll be yeah. coming too. Yeah. I think that's key because there's so many people that have NFTs that are existing already and they have massive portfolios of them. It'd be cool if you could take it to a different platform like PowerFan, for example, and be able to do stuff with it there, sell it, auction it off. Um, I don't know, maybe there's a use for it. Yeah, well, like I have so much experience with books. It's always a book launch, meaning like everybody's focused on the big launch day and the launch week. Um, so I bring some of that experience to if people have a collection of NFTs, if we can create an event around it and have it be like a limited time opportunity to get the certain number of NFTs and you get these special bonuses when you get them within this period of time. Then we can take something that's already been created or maybe has existed in disparate places and make an event out of it and then promote that event. And I think that's a good recipe for driving a lot of sales traction in a compressed amount of time. Whereas like having your work as a creator in multiple marketplaces is generally smart um, to, to try and drive more sales. But I think making an event and like having a very clear call to action and promotional strategy is where you, you start to see the bigger numbers. Yeah, that's kind of what's missing in, in NFTs, huh? Like you can definitely, you know, promote ahead of time and do auctions and stuff like that, but there's no like big launch event for like an NFT. That's, that, that would that's be a where we're trying to bring a little bit of a launch sizzle to the marketplace. Um, yeah, that creates a little bit more um, anxiousness and um, people wanting to know, follow stuff and keep up with new things coming out, promotions and things like that. That, yeah, that'd be a great addition. Yeah. Um, and, and where I also see is like, you know, NFTs can be a complement to a launch. So if someone's been planning a big book launch for a while, mm -hmm. we can bolt on an NFT strategy and ride that launch marketing awareness, similar to what we're doing with like the Manny Pacquiao fight. There's increased awareness leading up to the fight. Let's position an NFT offer and launch to, to ride that. Um, so that's some of the ways I think about like, where do you, where do you slide in on marketing um, and sort of free traffic that that's already taking place? And then how do you position an offer there that's appealing um, and, and time sensitive? 
What about gaming? Have you thought about getting into that arena as well and doing stuff for like like virtual worlds or like in gaming type items or things like that? Yeah, we have one of the uh, one of our partners um, actually is a company called Onbuff out of Korea, and they mm. own the rights to like Street Fighter, um, SNK game characters. And so we're working with them to do like an NFT launch of some popular video game characters. Still buttoning down what the details of that will be. But in terms of like integrating our NFTs into games or other virtual environments, I think that's where this is all heading, <clears throat> you know, within a year's time to have a, a digital or virtual representation of your assets, both digital and physical, um, that can be transported in different environments. That to me is super cool and opens up a whole new world of, um, of opportunity. Yeah. And that kind of plays into my, my last question here. It's what, what do you see the future of NFTs like becoming? Um, obviously right now they're very simple and they have simple use cases and they're really popular, but I feel like they can do far more and have far more versatility and represent more. Um, do you have like a vision of what that might look like in the future? Yeah, I have, uh, I have at least an inkling because I think it, it'll blow my mind what happens too. But for example, um, I collect rare first edition books. So if you get a first edition book, you usually get a certificate of authenticity that says this is number you know 412 out of 500. Mm -hmm. So that's what an NFT is. It's a digital certificate of authenticity that lets you track the um, transactions across everybody that's been involved with it. Um, so I think where we'll go is like, if you buy a luxury object in the future, if you buy a Lamborghini, it'll come with an accompanying NFT that both gives you a virtual presence or gives you something to display that also anybody that sees it knows you actually own the actual asset. So whether that's a car or a watch or, or other things like a, a piece of art that we're selling, right? The NFT will become the it already kind of is, but more so the digital representation of something physical or valuable. Um, so maybe that's not the most futuristic view of where we can go with this, but I it think that will be elaborated that. like so much more. Yeah, it'd be cool to like buy a Ferrari in the real world and have an NFT attached to it and then be able to take that into like GTA and then drop in your, your brand new Ferrari and instantly be able to use it. Um, you, you know, all, all kinds of possibilities and stuff on top of, you know, authenticity and proof of ownership and, um, provenance and stuff like that. So many different cool angles. It's so true. I mean, we could do a whole episode on that, but like, think of a watchmaker, right? They're already engineering Marvel, but now it requires learning the competency to create a cool digital NFT equivalent. Um, and when, when brands get that right and they they can take their expertise and engineering and creativity to the NFT space. Uh, I think that'll be the explosion. Um, whereas I mentioned earlier, I think we're at the tip of the iceberg, but when we get like major brands and major businesses leaning into NFTs as a technology and, and platform, then uh, that's going to be the big, the big one, so to speak. Yeah. It's an exciting space. It's one of my favorite parts about cryptos NFTs right now, because it's just, it's different than typical tokens and other things in finance and, and whatnot as so many applications. Um, yeah. So with PowerFan, do you guys have like a community? Do you have like a telegram or a discord where people come together and chat? Yeah, we've got a, an Instagram um, at PowerFan.io. 
Uh, we do have a Telegram group that is uh, PowerFan Inc. You should be able to find it. Um, and we have a blog where we actively publish uh, like educational content and how to um, all the way through to like launch strategies. And uh, I think one of our best means will be just educating people on what they can do with NFTs and giving them the, the platform to do it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it out myself. Um, I, I love NFT so much. So it'll be a lot of fun and excited well, about what you guys We're going to hook doing. you up. We're going to give you an airdrop. And uh, if you want to do any kind of a launch, we're happy to support. Actually, what I've wanted to do for a while, which I was thinking about doing on OpenSea, but I didn't know how to, how to quite do it, is I want to do one for the podcast where I do an NFT for every episode. That'd be hot. That would be cool. Maybe you can, maybe you can chat about that. I love it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up here for the episode. A lot of good content, uh, great conversation. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on and, you know, chatting about NFTs and power fan and everything you guys are doing. Thanks for having me, Brandon. And thanks everyone for listening. Of course, of course. Stay on for just a second. Um, otherwise we'll do another episode in the future for sure.